You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. You're listening to the 2012 song Hall of Fame by The Script and Will I Am, which means it's that time of year again. The Cybersecurity Canning Committee has announced the Hall of Fame inductees for the 2023 season to coincide with the RSA conference. And I got to interview the winning authors and Canning Committee members who recommended the books. As you all know, N2K and the leaders of the Cybersecurity Canon Project team up each year to highlight this valuable and free resource for the entire InfoSec community to find the absolute must-read books for the cybersecurity professional. And the book we're going to talk about next, the next inductee into the Canon Hall of Fame this year, is This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends, The Cyber Weapons Arms Race by Nicole Perleroff. So hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. This is going to be fun. My name is Rick Howard, and I'm broadcasting from the CyberWire's alternate Secret Sanctum Sanctorum Studios located underwater somewhere along the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge in the good old U.S. of A. And the interns can't be more ecstatic for this change of venue. Hey, 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 settle down back there. This is only temporary. It's back to the Baltimore underwater lair next week. You don't want to give them too much hope. And you're listening to CSO Perspectives, my podcast about the ideas, strategies, and technologies that senior security executives wrestle with on a daily basis. Before we get started, the CyberWire will be out in force at the RSA conference this year. Dave Bittner and crew, including me, will be hanging out at the Marriott Marquis Hotel, second level, Foothill H Boardroom. If you're in the vicinity, stop by. If we're not doing a live interview, we would love to see you. As for me, I'm giving a presentation on Wednesday afternoon, 26 April, at 2.25 p.m. called The Emperor Has No Clothes about the evolution and current state of the CISO position with my pal, Todd Inskeep. And immediately after, I'm signing copies of my book, 
Cybersecurity First Principles, a reboot of strategy and tactics at the conference bookstore in Moscone South from 3.30 to 4.30. And speaking of books, if you're looking for your next cybersecurity book to read, besides mine, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> members of the Cybersecurity Canon Committee will be at the bookstore Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. to help you decide your next most favorite read. They can point you into a direction to match your interests. So, with all those announcements out of the way, it's time to talk about the book. Uh, Nicole Perleros. I am a cybersecurity journalist and author and an advisor to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency at the Department of Homeland Security. Nicole is being quite modest. She is a world-class journalist who has worked for Forbes Media covering business issues and the New York Times for over a decade on the cyber beat. While at the New York Times, she covered the Russian hacks on nuclear plants, airports, elections, and petrochemical plants, North Korea's cyber attack against Sony Pictures, Bangladesh banks, and crypto exchanges, Iranian attacks on oil companies, banks, and dams, and thousands of Chinese cyber attacks against American businesses, including leading the investigation of the months-long Chinese hack of the New York Times. She's been widely cited and published in The New Yorker, The Wall Street Journal, Wired, The Economist, and a host of other well-known journalistic outlooks. Her outing of hacking divisions within China's PLA compelled the first United States hacking charges against the Chinese military and earned her the prestigious Best in Business Award from the Society of American Business Editors and Writers. And her investigation into commercial spyware was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Perla Roth left the New York Times in 2021 and is now an advisor to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. I talked to her just before the holidays about her Canon Hall of Fame book. First, just let me congratulate you on being inducted into the Cybersecurity Canon Hall of Fame. The first time I read your book was early last year, and I've been advocating for it ever since. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I think it's been incredible to see the impact the book has had, and it's won some awards in really different spaces. It won the F.T. McKinsey Business Book of the Year Award, but it also won a bronze medal from the Council on Foreign Relations. But I, but I think this award might mean the most to me. <laughs> uh, you know, it took me seven years to write this thing. And I yeah. think that was because I was so worried about what the cybersecurity community and technical community would say about a book that, was really written for the layperson. You know, every time I wrote a description of a zero day or some, <laughs> what Stuxnet did, I just knew, oh my God, I'm going to get pillaged on Twitter for this definition. <laughs> and it, I would like step back from the computer for a month. You know, it was just, it was that <laughs> paralyzing. So the fact it's getting recognition from this community, it means so much to me. So thank you. Your book is about a lot of different things, but one of the main topics is the current state of the software exploitation market. And I've been doing this cybersecurity thing for a long time now. I can tell you that many of my peers only have a really thin understanding of these ecosystems. I mean, they know they exist, but they don't really pay attention to them or really know anything about them. So what compelled you to write about that? What was the, what was the hook there? So... 
I think it was a couple things. Um, I think one, like I say in the book, the zero day market's like fight club. You know, the first rule of the zero day market is nobody <laughs> talks about the zero day market. Second rule is nobody talks about the zero day market. Anytime there's anything that no one will talk about, <laughs> it's like a magnet for a journalist. It's like, why are we not talking about this? And, um, you know, there are technical reasons why we don't talk about it. You know, the minute a zero day gets discovered, its value turns to dust. But also I think there were trade-offs being made. You know, we keep this hole open for our own espionage, counterintelligence, counterterrorism operations, um, we're keeping Americans more safe by leaving it open than closing it shut. And maybe that was true 20 years ago when we were all using different technology and no one was really in on this game yet or aware it even existed, aware the zero day market even existed. But that wasn't true anymore. You know, just from my little perch at the New York Times, I could see there every government, I always say with the exception of Antarctica, Someone added the Vatican to my list recently, uh, <laughs> is searching for developing or acquiring exploits. And they're all using it for their own definition of national security. You know, we do it to track terrorists, try to figure out what our adversaries are doing before there's some major incident here uh, in the Gulf. They're doing it to track their version of national security, which is to prevent the next Arab Spring. So suppressing dissent, uh, monitoring journalists, suppressing journalists, suppressing a free press, et cetera. Um, China, you know, they're using them on the Uyghurs and anyone who is critical of, of the Chinese Communist Party, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so... And the world had changed because of globalization. You know, we're all using, for the most part, with a couple exceptions, like maybe Huawei, we're all using the same technology. So when you leave a vulnerability open in an iPhone, for instance, instead of tell Apple about it so they can fix it, you're not just leaving it open for our enemies, you're leaving it open for Americans too. So the, I just could not reconcile that in my head, that we, the American taxpayer, pay governments to keep us safe, pay our own government to keep us safe. But in this one regard in cybersecurity, they were trading on cybersecurity in the name of national security uh, and justifying it in many ways along those lines that this is critical for national security. When really these two things were becoming one and the same, the more we were baking software into every nitty gritty, every nook and cranny of our economy, our critical infrastructure, uh, you know, the more privacy uh, became dependent on our iPhones, et cetera, the more the stakes were going up. So you put together these three things. This is something no one wanted to talk about. Uh, there are questions, I thought, legitimate questions to be asked about whether this left us more secure or less secure. And the stakes were getting higher and that other governments were onto these two. So I guess four things. And I thought this really needs to be busted open and we need to have a national conversation about this. Well, um, that kind of thing has been going on since the beginning. I mean, you know, the there's always been this push-me-pull-you characteristic between what any government wants to do for gathering intelligence and then on the other side, protecting their citizens from bad things. But it wasn't until the internet got started that it became so easy to do. If you 
had some secret about how a hardware switch worked back in the 90s. Okay, that can only be used in very specific cases. But now that you said everybody has an iPhone, you find some exploit code that's reliable. That can be used almost anywhere. That's the- if you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, subscribe now to CyberWire Pro. Not only will you get to hear this interview in its entirety, but also all shows in the CSO Perspectives podcast series in total. The quarterly analyst call that I host, along with every podcast in the CyberWire network, ad-free. And you all know that's my favorite part. To subscribe, surf over to the CyberWire, all one word, dot com slash pro. That's the CyberWire.com slash pro. And I'd like to thank Nicole Perleroth for coming on the show to discuss her book, the latest inductee into the Cybersecurity Canon Hall of Fame. This is how they tell me the world ends, the cyber weapons arms race. If you'd like to learn more about this book, as well as all the other books in the Cybersecurity Canon series, surf on over to Ohio State University, the official sponsor for the Canon Project, at CybersecurityCanon, all one word, dot com. And finally, if you're attending the RSA conference this year, there will be Canon committee members sitting at the RSA conference bookstore Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. to help you find your next best cybersecurity read, which we all know will be my new book, Cybersecurity First Principles, a reboot of strategy and tactics. Links to all of this are in the show notes. And finally, if you're attending the RSA conference, come find us. The CyberWire team will be hanging out at the Marriott Marquis Hotel, second level, Foothill H boardroom. We would love to see you. If you enjoyed this preview of CSO Perspectives, be sure to subscribe to CyberWire Pro and get access to the rest of this episode, as well as all past seasons of CSO Perspectives ad-free. And you all know I love getting rid of the ads. Visit thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro. That's thecyberwire.com slash CSO PRO to explore the many benefits of CyberWire Pro and to subscribe. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.